Today we're going to have a focus on creation. The sun is shining. We haven't had such beautiful sun in the last couple of days, but what a wonderful world we live in. One of the five marks of mission, which is something that the Anglican Church worldwide set up a number of years ago to think through, are we actually being the church we need to be? And it talks about preaching the gospel, it talks about pastoral care, it talks about discipleship, social justice. Mark number five is a care for the environment. And it's the one that invariably churches struggle with. How do we fit in a care for the environment into our services, into our ministries? And it's the one that we struggle with. So we're being encouraged to be much more um, strategic in saying let's focus on creation. So that's what we're doing today. We're going to focus on creation. We're using um, some words in our communion liturgy that are ones that we don't normally use but have been written with creation in mind. And we're going to hear from two people who do have particular passion for the world, for the environment, for using it well, for caring for it well. And we're going to hear how as a church we might get more involved in practical ways rather than another burden being upon our shoulders. So I'm hoping today is going to be really exciting, inspiring, challenging, encouraging. But more than anything, we focus our eyes on God, the creator who made heaven and earth. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, O our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. First reading is taken from Job, chapter 38, verses 14 to 24. The earth takes shape like clay under a seal. Its features stand out like those of a garment. The wicked are denied their light, and their upraised arm is broken. Have you journeyed to the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been shown to you? Have you seen the gates of the deepest darkness? Have you comprehended the vast expanses of the earth? Tell me if you know all this. What is the way to the abode of light and where does darkness reside? Can you take them to their places? Do you know the paths to their dwellings? Surely you know, for you were already born. You have lived so many years. Have you entered the storehouses of the snow or seen the storehouses of the hail, which I reserve for times of trouble, for days of war and battle? What is the way to the place where the lightning is dispersed? or the place where the east winds are gathered over the earth. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from Luke 12, verse 22 to 31. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, 
or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is the word of the Lord. These are two readings that give us two different perspectives. The first one is from Job, and it goes on for three or four chapters in the same sense of looking up and wondering what, who God is and how he has made what he's had. And he's talking to Job because Job has gone through so much and he's complaining and saying, Lord, why have you allowed all this to happen to me? And God is saying to him, do you really understand who you are? Do you really understand who I am? Have you seen the beginnings of the earth? Have you seen where the hail is kept? Have you seen the highest mountain? Do you know the depths of the sea? Have you measured the world? Do you know the numbers of grains of sand? And it goes on and on and on. This big, big picture of how God is creator. He knows what he has made and it's precious to him. And then our own perspective where we worry so much about what we have and that sense of actually look around and see the beauty of creation and trust. Trust in God the creator that as much as he cares for what he has made, he cares for us. Jane Boswell spoke at her home group Um, linking from what she's been doing in her master's. But the feedback I got was, this is amazing. Jane has got something to share. You've got to hear it. The church needs to hear this. And so we invited her to come and speak at Cathy Church. We had an amazing evening one Sunday where we actually explored something about what does it mean to have a Christian response to creation? What does sustainability look like? And Jane helped us think about that. And talking to Jane, we thought, actually, it can't just stop there. We want to do more. So we've been talking about what might this look like in the life of our church. And one of the outcomes of that is today, where we're encouraged by, again, the the National Church to to pick a Sunday where we focus on creation and use some of the materials that they've provided, but to make it our own. And I asked Jane whether she might be willing to come and share something today. So she's very kindly come, and we're going to hear from Charlie after that. But Jane's going to come and, first of all, tell us a little bit about 
how you've got to being excited enough to speak to home group and to stand up here. Uh, Well, Debbie mentioned that I've been studying for a master's in sustainability and responsibility. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, I started that about two years ago, and I'm just coming to the end of it now. And um, that's a part-time course. And I started doing it because I've been working sort of on the edges of sustainability for for most of my working life, but I felt in quite a narrow bit of it. Um, And I, I really wanted to gain some more knowledge on the subject and sort of enhance my credibility and my employability and I thought that maybe getting a qualification behind me would would help me do that so it was very much a sort of a I was approaching it very much from a kind of professional point of view and uh, it's been amazing Um, we've covered all sorts of things we've covered um, economics, ecology a little bit about um, uh, the science of climate change um, sustainable development, human rights social justice, all sorts of things so I think you know, I, I have achieved my initial aim of you know, acquiring knowledge and hopefully making myself a bit more employable. Um, but I think what's been um, surprising and more important is how personally challenging it has been, because it hasn't really been just about acquiring knowledge. And I think for all of us who've been on the course, we've been really forced to, um, through the structure of the course and just by the nature of the, the content we've been looking at, really kind of forced to make connections between what we've been learning about things like um, environmental degradation and social injustice and the way that we um, live and work in, in our own lives. And I guess for me as a Christian, there's uh, been an added dimension to that. And I've been increasingly challenged by questions around um, what impact does the way that I live have on the world that God created? And if I believe that God has commissioned us to look after his world and be a good steward of it, how does that impact on on me and you know am I living my way my life in a way that supports that and also um, you know am I living out Jesus command to love others if the way that I live my life is to the detriment of theirs and it's you know sort of increasing sense that it it's demanding something from me and demanding me to look at the way I live Um, and I guess you know alongside that a sort of sense that you know is there more we could do as a church broadly and as a church here to kind of promote environmental and social responsibility. So the course itself, I'm going to ask you to hold this just so that it's a little bit closer. The course itself isn't a Christian course. It isn't, no. Are others on the course Christian? There's, there's one or two others who are, who are Christian. There, it's, it's a very international course. There's um, quite a few people from, I think there's about 10 people from other countries. So um, those who, others who are Christians come from quite different Christian traditions. And there's a, lot, a huge range of um, people from different kind of religious or spiritual sort of backgrounds. It's been a real wow. melting pot. Wow. <laughs> so not only have you been doing an academic study mm. with a lot of input for that, it's also challenged you from your faith perspective. So what, just thinking about Kia, she's been doing theological reflection. <laughs> thinking, you know, something that is going on in the world has mm. actually given you questions about God and your response to him. So you've actually been on another journey as well as the work of the course. Yes. It must have been blowing your mind at times. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> I, did, I did write one of my papers on kind of reconciling you know, my Christian faith with what I was learning and sort of finding points of commonality and what, how I felt that what I was learning was challenging my faith and, and vice versa. So I did, I did write a paper on that and I did consider writing my dissertation on it, but I didn't in the end. <laughs> wow. Although it's kind of, it's kind of yeah. the subjects I chose, my dissertation yeah. is kind of connected. But yeah. Yeah. 
So it's, given you, so it's not just an academic exercise. It's no. made you challenge your faith and questions there. What about your day-to-day life? I think it's just as well Brian isn't here this morning. Because <laughs> I think he'd be saying it's uh, impacted his day-to-day life quite a lot. There's been, I suppose, quite a lot of tangible, practical things, some of which we're doing already or beginning to think about already. We've been trying to find ways of reducing our environmental impact. So um, we've switched energy supplier. I highly recommend OVO. You can choose to just get your energy from renewable sources or not, as the case may be. We, when we needed to replace our car, we decided to give an electric car a go, and that's been an interesting learning curve, and I'm very pleased with that. We've got solar panels, so lots of, lots of things like that. It's made me kind of think about my, my purchasing choices a lot more and trying to sort of spend my money well, trying to support, by which I mean trying to support ethical brands, trying to buy local where I can, just trying to think about where the money's going and what it's, what it's supporting. And also, you know, do I need to be spending money on, on, on this or that? So we eat a lot less meat than we used to, <laughs> having discovered the strong and you know, heavy environmental impacts of, of meat eating, so that's another thing. I think sort of more broadly, it has given me a greater consciousness of the wider world, of the interconnectedness of lots of issues in the world, and my connection to those issues my involvement with the refugee project that I've mentioned before in church has sprung partly out of um, my involvement on the course. I think it, it's made me sort of reevaluate in a way what it means to live well, and this is actually what my dissertation topic um, has been about. You know, what do I need to live well, and uh, you know, what is the impact of the decisions that I make and the actions that I take on other people? And I think it's also it's made me feel a bit more positive about my ability to make a difference through the conversations I have, and I think I'm more willing now to have conversations about subjects that might be contentious that I maybe would have previously avoided, and just, yeah, made me feel a bit more positive that I, you know, the way I live and the decisions I take, um, you know, can make mm-hmm. a difference. Yeah. And you've been inspired enough to come and, and talk to me, yeah. and, I mean, you have so much to share with us very practically, but actually this is much more about your heart, that you've been challenged, and you think that a Christian response is important. Mm. And so we've been talking about what might that look like in our church life. So tell me a little bit about yeah, what okay. it might look like. So, well, in a way, this has been a little bit unexpected. And Debbie's talked a little bit about the, the, how we got to where we are now. And I think for me, the, I'll, I'll just go back a little bit. The mm. church weekend was really significant because I had just come back from one of the workshops that I'd, I'd been on as part of my course. And I literally got a train straight to the weekend away. And in a way, I was a bit worried about doing that because my head was so full of stuff I'd been learning on the course and then I was coming straight into the church weekend and I wasn't quite sure how the two things would sit together. But the, the questions that I was holding as I, as I came back were, you know, how do I take responsibility for the things that I'm learning? How do I take responsibility to put that into practice? What is my contribution? And then, as Debbie said, that first evening at the weekend away, we started writing down, you know, things we could do better as a church and completely unprompted or nothing to do with me, you know, people started writing down stuff to do with the environment and sustainability, and I just thought, maybe this is the moment. So that's, that's, it was from there that the home group session kind of arose, and I very much thought at the time that would probably be it, and then David said, well, no, you should do a cafe church on this. <laughs> so one thing has sort of led to another, and Debbie and I spoke after the cafe church about how we could, you know, best build on the momentum that had started to be created and the, the conversations that were starting to happen. And we agreed that it would be a good idea to put together a small group of people to consider how we could take things forward. So really pleased that uh, we've got Charlie and Marion and Sarah Jo and uh, Malcolm Pickering and Christine Sweeting 
uh, have all agreed to join me in considering these things. We had our first uh, meeting the other day. And what, what we're doing in the first instance is looking at what we're already doing as a church in terms of environmental and promoting environmental and social sustainability and how we can build on that. And also looking at where the gaps are, what are the things we could address quite easily, what are the things that maybe we you know, need to kind of have a strategy to address in the months and the years to come. So it's very much early days and we've got a few ideas bubbling around that I need to talk to various people about. One thing that we definitely will be doing is having a weekend in the spring, uh, I think it's the 17th to the 19th of March, to have a particular focus, a bit like we had the prayer weekend a few months ago, a weekend, a week rather, a week, this will be a weekend to focus on specifically on sustainability issues, maybe do some veg plantings, mm -hmm. that was one of the ideas that came out of the um, Cafe Church thing that was, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. We've got a really good speaker coming. We've got a good speaker coming, we've got Ruth Valerio from uh, a Christian conservation charity called A. Rocha and various other ideas, maybe a vegetarian supper. So, yeah, 17th and 19th of March, you can put it in your diaries because it is definitely going to happen and we're just sort of working on the details of that at the moment. So, yeah, watch this space over the next few months. Yeah, it is really exciting and I, I love this idea of people bringing their own passions and their own interests and the fact that you've been challenged, that you're actually willing to sit with that challenge, which often we, we run away from. You know, when we, when we get these big questions, you can either face them knowing that you might not get the answers yeah. or you think, mm. actually, it's too big, I'm not going to bother. And yeah. you've been willing to actually sit with them. I think that's something, I can probably credit that largely to the course because I think that's something that we've been really encouraged right from the start to do because all of these issues, whether you're looking at them from a Christian perspective or not, they don't have easy answers and they don't, people will disagree about the best way to tackle them and whether it's even possible to tackle them. And so I think we've been really encouraged and trained to be used to the idea of uncertainty and not knowing how things yeah. are going to work out and to, to not necessarily be in a rush to get to the answer but to be willing to sit with the question. So, yeah. Fantastic. We've got, got a lot to, to learn. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jane. Charlie Wakefield's part of that group, and he has... Uh... Uh, thanks, Debbie. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm a little bit like Jane in some ways, in that I've had a passion for this, uh, this subject, and uh, uh, it's been growing in me for some time now. Um, interestingly, uh, I've been involved in work, uh, working with our company to, to try and improve the way we manage our buildings and um, the waste products that we create and the printing that we do and trying to manage that down. So I've had an interest at work. Um, I've got a personal interest at home, um, we've started changing the way that we, we uh, consume en energy and, and, and generate it. So we, like Jane, have solar panels on the roof. Uh, we also have moved to an electric car. Um, I'm currently looking at battery technology so that we can actually put batteries in the home to harness the power off our roof so that we can use it at night time. Um, and actually the, the added benefit of that is that it means you can come off the grid. You can become independent of the grid at some point if you have enough uh, solar generation, etc. Um, and some of these ideas I find fascinating. And so for that reason, um, I've uh, signed myself up for an Open University degree in environmental technology. Uh, and it's interesting because it's the technology part that really sort of lights my fire, if you like. I think we as a, as a country and globally, there is a challenge coming in terms of the way we uh, harness energy and use it. Um, we currently have massive problems uh, in England and, and the rest of the world uh, in the grid, in the way that spikes happen when people switch on all their TVs at the same time, etc., etc., and the, uh, the, the governments are struggling with that. And I think battery technology is one of the ways that we'll actually get over that problem in the medium to long term. 
where home batteries can be used at grid spike times to actually feed into the grid. In the UK, we don't have geothermal. We don't have pumped hydroelectric, uh, which can be turned on very quickly. We have nothing that can be turned on very quickly. So these sorts of solutions become important. And that's one of the things that I'm really interested in. Um, and I think, whilst I think some of this stuff can be seen as prohibitively expensive by a lot of people, and I think in the early phases sometimes it is, buying into an electric car these days is not a cheap option. Uh, over the long term of the car, the life of the car, I think there's a, there is a, a financial model. And I think some of those things need developing um, and, and maybe even selling out. But so, some of that uh, early adoption of these things I think is important because the car companies that are trying to lead the way in this stuff need people to buy into it. Um, and I think if I can in some way help that, I think that's a good thing. The car that we drive, the battery technology gives us a range of 300 miles, which is practical now. Uh, but interestingly, in the last two weeks, the company has announced that they've moved their battery technology forward and they think they can add 50% of that, uh, to, to that range. So now you might be looking at a car that can do 450 miles, which becomes comparable with a tank of petrol and becomes the, the range issued becomes less. All these things interest me a, a lot, and so I'm, I'm fascinated to get into that. I also think that we've got this handy fusion reactor in the sky called the sun, and I love that vision. I love the fact that the sun is there. It's, uh, it, it's a technology we can't do on, on, on Earth. It, we, we can't master fusion uh, reactions so that we can harness power cleanly but we've got this massive one in the sky that actually rains down on us all this energy that we need to harness it's clean it's free it's there god created it it's wonderful um, and i love the idea that we might do more with that so i think all of these things are interesting and i I'm personally want to get into that uh, learn more about it and maybe help share that with, with people there's a couple of other things i wanted to quickly say one one is that I personally feel that I want to be able to look my kids in the eye and say, I did what I could when I had the information and knew what to do with it. I don't want, to be the one that, I don't, I don't want them to come to me in 20 years' time, potentially when there's environmental issues going on, and then say to me, why didn't you do more? I think it's important that we do what we can now. And I think this initiative in the church is great. I think there'll be things that we can do that seem like they make little difference, but I think every little helps, and I think it's really important. So I think... You know, we have, got, we have got an issue potentially, just a couple of anecdotes. I, I, we've been going to Chamonix for 15, 20 years, and really probably longer than I have. Uh, when I first went there, the glacier was right down by uh, one of the lift stations. And in the 20 years that I've been going, it's receded by not just inches, but hundreds of meters. It's absolutely visible to us. And people say, well, you know what, it's just a cycle, it's a... We're in, a, we're, we're, we're in a cycle where the ice age is perhaps sort of receding slightly. This is unnatural. I mean, absolutely unnatural. Ice ages normally take hundreds of thousands of years. In 30 years, we've seen massive loss of ice. And, and this is part of human anthropological uh, impact on the planet. Uh, and I think we need to be aware of that. And we need to take notice of these things. And I think we need to do what we can. And whilst technology will advance, and we may get some interesting solutions to these problems over time, I don't think we can wait. I think we have to start doing things now. Uh, and for me, it also then ties in with my Christian faith and the stewardship of our planet. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's very clear to me that this is something that we should all be getting involved with. So I'm very pleased to be part of Jane's group. If anybody has in, any questions about energy and technology and that sort of thing, I will try and become somebody who can translate what's out there, what's available, uh, into something meaningful for people. But um, yeah, I'm happy to be part of the journey.
So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you so much. As you can see, a work in progress without necessarily knowing the outcome and what it will look like. And I love that picture, Jane, of that living with uncertainty. The answers are not obvious, but to begin to explore will bring so much fruit. In a whole variety of things, we've heard two different ways of approaching the same topic, coming from different places. Social justice comes into that as well. What an exciting place, a place of exploration and a place that we can all find our part in. I love the fact that we've got people who've got allotments joining that group because it might be simple things like, what do we do with the land around us? Are we making the most of it? Who knows? Who knows what we might do? But to even be putting this on our agenda is a step forward. And I think we can hear today there's a commitment and a desire to actually see what is God saying to us? What is God saying to us about our responsibility? what we need to be doing now in this place without necessarily knowing quite what that will look like.